Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. This is episode 8. I'm Will Haycox, and I'm with my co-host Gabe O'Sullivan. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Gabe, would you like to give us a recap of the last couple episodes? Yeah, thank you, Will. So we are discussing why did God allow my child to die? Okay, episode six and episode seven. Make sure that you go back and listen to those first. Uh, we we're getting into uh, you know going to get into the theology of of God's will next. And why are we doing this? We're doing this not because we're some kind of theological scholars. I probably didn't even say that right. Theology scholars, <laughs> maybe see. So that should give you hope that, that we're just rookies just doing this too. But this is stuff that we've, you know, we've looked into as we have both lost children. You know, me 16 years ago, you know, Will a couple years ago there. And uh, we just dove into the Word, dove into prayer, uh, read other books by other Christians, you know, spent time with other believers that have been through this or with pastors. And and so our hope is that the things that we've looked into that gave us encouragement and hope will do that for you uh, and that we can cut down your learning curve. Okay, so, you know, we talked about uh, does God care about me? Yes. We talked about does God care about my child that passed away? Yes. Um, was my child's death a part of his plan? Yes. And why was that? Because God is sovereign. If we believe God is sovereign, then we believe that everything that happens, happens because he wanted it to happen. It happens for a reason. Uh, and, you know, now um, we're going to get into this a little bit more uh, in, in regards to, you know, what what is God's will? You know, last episode, we, we kind of finished with the discussion that there was a purpose for for your child. And, and we don't want to we don't want to gloss over that. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if that child lived one minute or if that child lived ten years or however long, that child had a purpose, and we don't want you to forget that. And so, I'm going to toss it back to Will, and he's going to discuss uh, what we're going to be going into this episode. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, as we we left off last episode, we talked about just the the purpose for our children and, and the purpose for everyone, and uh, we want to go into. Again, some uh, some deep theological concepts here, some things that uh, probably not every Christian spends the time looking into that we should. I know I don't I don't look into as as many things relating to theology and understanding the concepts of our beliefs as I probably should sometimes to understand the character of God and, and what we believe, why we believe what we believe. But we wanted to get into God's will for a minute here, and that's uh it's a pretty deep concept and there's been tons of books written about it and sermons and everything else and i encourage you again as i said last episode don't take what we say for the authority and the final word here like go out and especially with god's will such a deep and heavy topic go out and listen to some sermons from different pastors don't become that's a side note but don't become a disciple of any particular pastor be a disciple of christ and and go out there and try to listen to a, a breadth of pastors and, and glean wisdom from them. But in talking about God's will, uh, there's so much that could be said. I, I wanted to kind of boil it down and read a quote here from Ligonier.org. That's the ministry that Dr. R.C. Sproul founded. And uh, this quote certainly isn't all-encompassing, but I think it gives a good definition or good explanation of the difference between the hidden and revealed will of God. And uh, it starts off here 
with Deuteronomy 29.29 that says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The quote says, Martin Luther, the driving personality of the Protestant Reformation, made several distinctions that we continue to follow today. One of these is the distinction between God's hidden and God's revealed will. Luther's desire was to convey a specific truth with this distinction, namely that if we are to know the Lord, the Lord must reveal himself to us. But in revealing himself, God does not reveal everything there is to know about him. He keeps part of himself hidden, whether because we could not comprehend what he keeps hidden or because he simply chooses to exercise his sovereign freedom and not to tell us certain things. Deuteronomy 29.29 that I just read provides the essential biblical teaching that underlies this distinction. In this passage, Moses tells the Israelites that there are some things that are secret and belong only to the Lord our God. Certain realities are for our Creator and only our Creator to know. At the same time, God has condescended to mankind in order to reveal to us certain truths about His character and plan. These truths are for us to know forever. This passage indicates that the Lord has two wills, one hidden and one revealed. God's hidden will, also known as His decretive will, will of decree, or absolute will, includes all that he has ordained. His will of decree establishes every event in history, every thought and intention of every person and everything that ever happens. This will extends even to the ordination of evil, for the Lord works out everything according to the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1.11. Importantly, not everything that God ordains in his hidden will is in itself pleasing to him. Considered in themselves, he hates the evil he ordains, but he ordains them in order to overcome evil and achieve a greater good that does please him. And that's Romans 8.28. God's revealed will is also known as his will of precept or preceptive will. This will tells us what the Lord finds pleasing. Chiefly, the revealed will of God is his moral law. When scripture calls us to do the will of the Lord, it is this will that is in view. We cannot know what is hidden will except in retrospect. We can look back in history and know what was part of the Lord's hidden or decretive will up to this point because God's decretive will always comes to pass. Whatever happens in history manifests what he ordained in his sovereign but hidden will. Yet we are not called to seek out this hidden will, which we cannot know in advance anyway because God hides it from us. Instead, we are to live by what the Lord has revealed in his preceptive will. As we obey his commandments, we please our Creator. So there's a lot there, Gabe. You yeah. want to add something? Well, I don't know. What, I can't add <laughs> you want to comment on something? Yeah, let's say comment. Yeah. All right. So c- considering that, all right, that's a lot. And man, what? How amazing! Like I just want to keep like reading that like ten times. Oh yeah, to, check you know, out Ligonier for sure. I yeah, recommend it. That was amazing, um, to say the least, and and mind blowing at the same time. And so here we see there's again two types of will. Why is it? Why is it good? Why are these good? Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's good to know. And we talked about in the last few episodes, like the sovereignty of God. And again, we'll we'll have an episode or multiple episodes on the sovereignty of God. But this is kind of the human understanding based on verses like Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, where we see that God is sovereign and God wills all things. But the word will in the English translation can mean several different things and and using this verse or this uh, this comment here God's revealed will and his hidden will are different things 
And it's helpful for us to know that while God wills all things in the sense that he allows them to happen because he's sovereign, anything that he does not will will not happen, he isn't the cause of all things. He's not the cause of evil in the sense that every time someone murders, every time a terrible thing happens, every time there's a tornado or a flood that kills hundreds of people, God isn't up in the sky creating it with his hands and throwing it down on earth because he hates humanity and he wants us to suffer. Like That's part of the hidden will that we understand from the Bible is everything that happens is within God's hidden will because it has to come to pass based on what he wills. But the preceptive will or the revealed will is things like the Ten Commandments. God wants you to love your neighbor. He wants you to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Like That's the, the thing where you have the fruit of the Spirit, and He wants you to have love, joy, peace, patience. He wants you to be like Him, to be like Christ. And I think to, to answer your question, Gabe, like this is a helpful concept to know because at some point, even now, you know, the most important things in our minds and in our walk with the Lord is to deal with the grief of losing our children and to know how does that affect our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with our wives, our, our living children. And it helps there, and it also helps knowing about God's will if in the future a non-Christian comes up to you and asks you, you know, how is it possible? You, you say God is good? Yes, I say God is good. You say God is sovereign? Yes, I say God is sovereign. Well, your God is good and your God is sovereign, but how come kids have cancer? How come people die in car crashes? You know, And that's we're told to be ready at all times to give a reasonable defense for the hope that's within us. And we can't do that if we don't understand the difference between God allowing all things to happen and God's desire for all to come to know him and for all to live in a way that please him. And that's a very, it can feel like a technical definition or technical difference here that that we're just pulling out one word here or one word there and we're just trying to create this theology out of nowhere. But this is in the Bible. This is something that it's not, this is not a Will concept. This is not a, a Gabe concept. This isn't even an R.C. Sproul concept. This is what comes from the Bible, what, what has been affirmed from one book to the next. We're about to get into some, some verses in Isaiah that confirm who God is and his relation to evil and his sovereignty over it. And I think knowing that God is sovereign over all things and allows all things while still wanting good for you is a very helpful thing to have in mind when you're dealing with grief and loss i love it man and i think and that right there is the answer of why is this why is this concept good and it's because we do realize that god is sovereign and if, if he is not over all things then he is not god mm. right if he if he did not have the ability and you're going to use a quote here in a minute to kind of explain this if he did not have the ability to control all things and or to allow all things even within that sovereignty, he allows evil to happen or he allows people to have free will to choose him or to not, to follow him or to not, to do good or to do bad. 
But even in that, we have to believe that he still has the ability to control or he at least knows what is going to happen. He knows mm. the choices that people are going to make. And so sometimes that might may, may, make us think, well, that's, that's not right. It should just always be good. Well, if so, then we would all be robots, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's yeah. not good. We would, be, we would be slaves instead of free men, okay? Mm-hmm. And now I think the other thing that that gives me hope and understanding is that in this, that God still saw fit uh, to, in, 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 his, in his will, he saw fit to include our salvation in that. And like, that is such an amazing concept and encouragement to me that, that no matter what I think about God or what I've done for him or against him, that in eternity past, he still saw fit to allow himself to come as Jesus to, to earth to live and then to live a perfect life, to die a terrible death and to take our place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that in itself just gives me encouragement that, mm-hmm. that man, thank you, God, you know, for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going from this conversation about God's will, the, the question comes, does God really will death, suffering or bad things? And we have to say, absolutely, yes, he does. He does because, as you said, Gabe, he's sovereign over all things. And to borrow this phrase from Dr. R.C. Sproul, is just one of my favorite phrases, if there is one maverick molecule in the universe, then God is not God. And that just means if there's one thing in all of creation, here on Earth or anywhere else in any of the worlds, any of the planets that God has created that's outside of his will, then he cannot be sovereign by the definition of the word sovereign. And that one thing could theoretically mess up his plan and he wouldn't be all powerful. So we have to believe that God ordains all things because nothing can happen without his allowing it. It can't come to pass without him choosing to allow something to come to pass. But this does not mean that he blesses or approves of all things. That's where we talk about the the preceptive, the revealed will of God versus the descriptive will of God or the hidden will of God. Man, let me yeah. jump right in there. I got three yeah. kids now. Mm. Okay. And I, so sometimes as a dad, I will watch my two boys. Mm. And because uh, my daughter, she's older and she oftentimes doesn't have anything to do with the two boys because they're <laughs> younger and they play together more while she's upstairs playing guitar or mm. whatever she does. And I will see sometimes an interaction that I think, hmm, I, I know what needs to happen here. Mm. I should jump in and correct this uh, train wreck that's about to occur between in their relationship as mm-hmm. they're playing with men and one of them's getting mad at the other one. Mm-hmm. And like you can see like tensions building and I think, okay. I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make him be nice to his brother or I'm gonna make him share or whatever, mm-hmm. but I will oftentimes not, and I'll just allow that to play out mm-hmm. to see how it's gonna be mm-hmm. and how it's gonna go, and you know what? Sometimes it goes good and mm-hmm. they avoid the train wreck and they end up playing nicely together, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't go so well and our little one who is just as sweet as he could be, but also has this like switch that can flip sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we call him sweet baby Hulk because he just <laughs> turns into like this madman mm-hmm. and he might haul off and, you know, punch his older brother <laughs> in the face. And thankfully Isaac, our older, older one, like 
is very like doesn't retaliate at the Lord because he has got like crazy like wiry strength and it was really bad for his little brother but that in itself is not a good situation so it's like I as the dad I'm allowing that bad thing to happen but but why because I wanted to see how they were gonna how they were gonna work it out and then if they don't work it out in a proper manner like hopefully like in the first example then as a dad I can come back in and be like all right boys let's talk about this what did we just learn from this okay how could we have handled this situation better you know and so that is a very i guess simple example of how god as our father can sit back okay and i'm I'm using air quotes when i say that term right there and allow things to happen instead of instead of jumping in and writing all wrongs as Mm -hmm. we think that they should be because who are we to dictate the mind of God. Who are we to say, God, this is the way you should have allowed this to happen or this is the way you should have allowed that to happen. We're not him. So Mm -hmm. what we think is evil and has no purpose and should not exist in this earth, God may see very differently because he has the end game in mind. Mm -hmm. He's looking at the long-term plan. He's not looking at the short-term plan. And that's a concept that's hard to grasp, specifically when we're in the midst of that pain or suffering or whatever evil has happened is, mm-hmm. has, has, has been done to us. You know, I think of one of my good buddies whose, whose mother, unfortunately, was, was killed years ago. Um, and I think, why did that happen, God? Why did you allow that senseless act to occur and take my friend's precious mother you know, away who was like a second mother to me? But I don't know. I don't know the end game. I don't know God's mind. And so in that, we have to trust that God knows what he's doing and that we are not him. Mm-hmm. And we, we can have comfort in that knowing that he's in control. We don't have to be in control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things as humans is to give up control, not only of ourselves, but of the universe because we mm-hmm. think we can control it all. But that is just in itself sin. And God wants us to come to the end of that and trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, you use that example with your kids, and I think, like, that's a good, clearly a human example, because that's all we can offer. But that's a good example, I believe, we understand from the Bible that God doesn't create evil in his children, and you don't create evil in your children, but he gives us a choice. He creates choice within us, and like you said, God isn't sitting back passive, but God has the power to change our actions, but he chooses to allow us to choose. And you're sitting there, you're mm-hmm. watching your children, you and you have the power to walk in and pick them both up by the scruff of the neck. Maybe they're too big for you to do that mm-hmm. now, but still, you pick them both up, and you can stop this, but you give them the choice to choose evil or to choose good. And you hope that they choose good. You love them. You hope that they remember the lessons that you taught them, the things that you taught them about Scripture and about the Lord and what He wants, and that they choose the right things. But you give them the choice to also choose the wrong thing. And if they do, they suffer the consequences of those actions, whatever they are. And and on a grand scheme, that's the same thing that we go through every day as adults, that, that God, as a father, looks down on us and wants the best for us and as you said earlier, the verse, God uses all things for our good, but he also doesn't force 
good to happen all the time. He gives us the ability to choose wrong, to choose against his will, and he gives us the choice to suffer those consequences for what we've done. Mm. So God loves us enough to not make us robots. That's God loves right. us enough to give us the choice to choose him or to choose against him. That's awesome, man. And listen, we're going to continue this discussion on our next episode. Um, we're going to get into a question next, which will be, um, well, a statement really that God is open to the fact that he is sovereign over evil. And so make sure that you go back if you haven't listened to the other few podcasts uh, versus um, episodes six and seven and uh, and then join us again for nine. So I want to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, make sure that you follow Lost Boys, the Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out my book at thywillbedonebook.com. And we want us all to remember that we don't want to be lost. We want to be found in him.